0: Welcome to WARN Radio, with your hosts, The Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening.
1: Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to WARN Radio. I'm Tower, here with The Watchmen, and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on Truth Social, MeWe, Parler, CloudHub, Getter, Tumblr, and Linktree. You can listen and download our shows by going to warren usacom and DanaGlinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warn Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and dana-glynne-smith.com. Do not miss this post. Goodness of the Lord in the Land of the Living. Goodness of the Lord in the Land of the Living. A great phrase. It is one that many might mistake for those living in America with no threat of violence or trouble against a believer in our Lord. Do not miss this post. Last Days Perilous, Purposeful, and Prophetic We find the last days perilous, purposeful, and prophetic. The issue with living in the, this prophetic time period is just that, living. Do not miss this post, Reclaiming America's Heritage Trump Style Reclaiming America's Heritage Trump Style It may well be a toss-up for those who really want to save America. The latest posts on warn-usa.com Do not miss this post, Surviving the Apocalypse, Classic Warn Radio. Surviving the Apocalypse, in this episode we find the Watchman and Tower deal biblically with judgment, deliverance, and handling troubles. And do not miss this post, Christian Global News Advocacy Classic Warn Radio. Here we find in former Christian Western nations, paganism and hedonism have replaced traditions, faith of Jesus Christ. Do not miss this post. Prophetic events, the time will come. Prophetic events for the time, that is, for this age, is here now, a time we are living in right now. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. It's a Christian fiction thriller. The Rising details a takeover of America. There's danger and intrigue. The nation is at risk and dark forces are plotting to bring this country into the globalist new order. And be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren radio newsletter. By going to danaglynsmith.com. Visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature The Rising and other Christian books as well as resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome In The Watchman.
0: Greetings. Welcome to another Friday edition of Sound the Shofar. We're doing our series this week, or this Friday. Lord God, Governor of the Nations, Part 17. Repentance. Up front, we have small talk. I affectionately titled this, Fruits and Nuts, because America is filled with him. The main segment is repentance. You know, normally fruits and nuts don't go with repentance, but when we speak of America today, it does. Repentance is the key ingredient in pleasing the Lord, making sure that you are well redeemed, And know the Lord. And this week we're going to be discussing an event where the Lord told Ezekiel to go through Jerusalem and set a mark on the foreheads of all those that sigh and cry for the abominations of Jerusalem. Now, we know from Scripture that Nineveh did this, not specifically putting a mark, but repenting. And they were delivered for it. So we will be discussing that. You know, Peter did say judgment will begin at the house of God. It's time to learn the lesson from scripture and history and from the apostles. Had Judah repented at the preaching of Jeremiah, it had never had these issues that they ran into. But, you know, unfortunately, as human beings, we have a tendency to do things that bring more trouble upon ourselves. And uh, in America, we certainly are doing that right now. Nevertheless, as we move on here, I don't know if you've ever heard of what a day this will be. It's one of my favorite hymns. It comes out of Revelation twenty-two, four, where it says, They will see his face. And his name will be on their foreheads. And if you've ever watched the Gaither Homecoming videos, you would uh, have known of Jim Hill eventually. and uh i don't know if he's still alive but he studied to be a professional singer he even auditioned for the for the metropolitan opera and as a writer writes it is said thankfully for us and for the kingdom of god he decided to dedicate his life to gospel music And uh, his early career began in the 1940s. But it would be in 1950 that he wrote What a Day That Will Be. His mother-in-law got gravely ill. And from what the writers say, this motivated him. He was a new Christian at the time. And when he was driving home from work one day, he asked the Lord why this was happening to her. And if you ever have loved ones, and they die, or die suddenly, or some other way that you weren't expecting, you know, you would be asking God, why did this happen? He says and testifies that after he said this, words came flooding into his head. So when he got home, he grabbed a piece of cardboard and started writing the word down. And when he got done, he the first person to sing to was his mother-in-law. Jim Hill eventually went home to be with the Lord in 2018. But his song will live forever. You see, it goes a little like this. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore On that happy golden shore What a day, glorious day That will be What a day that will be When my Jesus I shall see And I look upon his face The one who saved me by his grace When he takes me by the hand And he leads me Through that promised land What a day Glorious day that will be There'll be no sorrow there No more burdens to bear. No more sickness, no pain. No more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace and he takes me by the hand And leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day, that will be. Well, I make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And many times as I'm working, or I'm feeling burdened over things, The Lord will give me some hope. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, a song comes flooding through the air and comes into my heart and into my soul to heal me at that time. And so, my friends, As human beings, we have a sin problem, but it is erased by God's mercy and grace. Today, if you don't know him, our great God and Father, come to him through his Son, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, our Lord. For the Lord said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Come unto him and seek him humbly and repent of your sins and ask him to take you, heal you, and receive the Lord. John 1 said, He went to his own and his own received him not, but to as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. And in America, we don't have a Democrat problem or a Republican problem, although we talk about that. We don't have a high gas problem, and we don't have chaos, although we talk about that. We have a sin problem, a pride problem. And the other one is a delusion problem. So repent today. Seek his face. And if you know the Lord, know this. He is there. And as I was reminded recently of a statement I used to say all the time. And it hasn't been too long. That I haven't been saying it, but I will say it. I will not open the door to tomorrow or to any issue I may face with fear, but with faith believing that the Lord God will make a way through Jesus Christ our Lord for me for my family that we may make it through now we're going to begin in Ezekiel At this time, the sins of the house of Israel and Judah is great. And the Lord tells Ezekiel to do something, and this has an object lesson in it. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to to the others he said in my hearing, Go ye after him through the city, and smite, let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark. And it begin and begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house. And he said unto them, Defile the house and fill the courts with the slain. Go ye forth. And they went forth and slew in the city. And it came to pass, while they were slaying them, and I was left, that I fell upon my face, and cried, and said, O Lord God, wilt thou destroy all the residue of Israel in thy pouring out of thy fury upon Jerusalem? Then he said unto me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great, and the land is full of blood, and the city is full of perverseness. For they say, The Lord has forsaken the earth, and the Lord seeth not. And as for me also, mine eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity, but I will recompense their way upon their head. And behold, the man clothed with linen, which had the inkhorn by his side, reported the matter, saying, I have done as thou hast commanded me. Now that may sound harsh to you sitting today. But the iniquity of the house of Israel and the defiling of the temple was great. But the land was also full of blood and the city full of perverseness. Blood had defiled the land, and the Lord God had warned them about it. For the slaying of the innocent and the shedding of innocent blood brings a curse upon the land, and the land will vomit you out. And foreign America, and especially the younger generation of women, and boys, and men, and girls, and young women, and young men who do not understand, who have been raised in a nation that is today immoral, perverse, full of blood. It has religion, but it's corrupted. Do you really think that it's God's will? And believe me, there's a number of people that you would know if I were to mention them that have spoken about it being God's will for abortion. And you will say to me, well, we've been aborting babies Ever since I've been alive, it's been okay. Why now do we stop it? Well, they haven't stopped it. They were rioting and everything because of the Supreme Court kicking it back to the states. But we now have states now that can be slaughter mills. And so in the end, what the Supreme Court did is not what many of the anti-abortionists Or the pro-life people would want. Because all this does is move the issue to the states. And those who were rioting and threatening the justices should be thanking them. Because now you have states that truly want to murder babies. And California is one of them. They want to be the center of it. And if Californians allow this, great will be the judgment on California. And the California judgment will affect the rest of America. Make no mistake. You dilly-dally with this. And I've heard these young women say, I'm just going to go get pregnant just so I can kill a baby. That is murder. That is blood guilt. And you will be cursed for that for the rest of your life. Now today, there are many Christians, a lot of them in America. But there are also those women who did abort a baby, but they repented and came to the Lord and he forgave them. But make no mistake, all the deaths of every baby that's been aborted in this country, all the murders that you're seeing right now, that is just part and parcel of our defiling of the blood. The house of Israel and Judah, the land was full of blood because of their iniquity, because the blood defiles the land because life is in the blood. Now, the only issue is that America does not believe a word of this. Very few will. But on this Friday morning, as I just sang that beautiful song, And believe me, the author of it sang it a lot better than I did. But mine came from the heart. You know, that tells of that redemption, that relationship, that glory found in the Lord. But make no mistake, he will not acquit the wicked... Not at all. There's only one way for the wicked to be acquitted, and that's through Christ and repentance. The people that proudly shout, you're going to kill babies, and proudly are not worried about the defiling of the blood, the shedding of blood will find everyone. And it finds you because every day in the news there is tremendous heartache from the shedding of blood, from the murders that are going on in our cities, from the lawlessness that is in our land. The one thing about the Day of the Lord series and about even going through Isaiah that we've been going through so long is that in God's judgment there is mercy. There is always that ability for mercy. And you don't find it unless you come to the Lord. Now you see the judgment that God did upon Israel led many people to think over the years, the centuries, that God cast away his people Israel. Even to this day they believe that. And there's those that want to do a two-state solution in Israel because they have no right, they say. But as Paul pointed out in Romans 1 and 2, I say then, Has God cast away his people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. Now that's a good example. He's a major apostle to the Gentiles. He hasn't cast away Paul, he redeemed him, saved him, anointed him to be an apostle. Paul goes on to say, "God has not cast away His people, which He knew. Know ye not what the Scripture says of Elias, how he makes intercession to God against Israel?" And uh, I'm not going to read the rest of that, but you can find it in Romans 11, and verses 25 to 32. For I would not, brethren, that ye would be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness in part has happened to Israel. Now when the Lord first came, they didn't recognize him at all. They were looking for a political Messiah to deliver them and give them back their nation to be as great as it was under solomon and as victor victorious as david was for them so they wanted to be again but that's happened to israel until the fullness of the gentiles come in now see that the gentiles You know, even at the time of Christ, the fullness wasn't there. And really, the fullness in totality is not going to be until after the Antichrist, the last great leader of the Gentile nations who will go against God. They will go down to Jerusalem and camping and buy it. And that's what we know as Armageddon. Officially... That's the end. And so all Israel shall be saved, Paul goes on, as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, speaking to the Gentiles. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. So God didn't remove the election from Israel. For the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. For as ye in times past have not believed god speaking directly to the gentiles and they were pagans yet have now obtained mercy so paul went out as the apostle to the gentiles being a former persecutor of the faith which he now came to accept So the Gentiles did not believe God, yet, even as Israel didn't believe, the Gentiles obtained mercy, even though the Jews never believed in their own Messiah. And so Paul goes on to say, even so these also now not believed. That through your mercy, they may also obtain mercy. For God concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy on all. Everyone, all men, all women, all humans. And so, and we know how true that is with our friends Moaz, Israel, and others who are located in Israel. Israel there there's a big group huge lot of born again messianic believers living in Israel testifying to all the Jews and living there among them and even today we have a witness of Christ all over the world And we are in these end of days. But you see, the one thing that we talked about today, Ezekiel going in to warn the Jews and marking those who were weeping and crying over the sins of Judah and Israel. How many churches have you seen that are weeping and crying out in the streets for America for the sins that are going on. I haven't seen any. Well, you could say to me, well, they do it in their churches. But the thing of it is, There is no large outcry. There is no large repentance going on. Now there are people going around preaching and winning souls for Christ and repentance and meetings that have a move of God. But this nation is not going to be saved by that. The Christians will. Who are true believers. Who are really born again through the spirit. John 3. But you see the big issue here that we need to learn. Is as Peter pointed out in 1 Peter 4. Beginning at verse 12. Beloved. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you, for the Spirit of God and the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he's glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffered a Christian as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Now, see, all those verses indicate persecution, trouble, and just being a busybody in other men's affairs, other people's matters, or just doing things that aren't right, they're evil, or maybe you're a thief or a murderer. But let none of you suffer as this, he says. In other words, don't do it. As a Christians, we don't do those things. But the things that do happen is suffer as a Christian, like they are in Pakistan, in India, in China, in North Korea, in Nigeria, in Iran, Afghanistan. It's global. Because even as Peter was saying back then at that time during the Roman Empire... For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore let them suffer according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You see, because your rich churches, your your cushions on your pews, the clothes on the floor. Now that's a phrase that when I was at a Rod Parsley meeting with my wife, she and I were talking during a break. And we seen this brother over there by one of the pop machines trying to figure out how to work it. Had no clue. So we went over and we talked to him. We helped him to get his stuff and we sat there. And he was telling us he had come from overseas to this meeting. And being there he had never seen such a church he had never seen so many people in one place and he looked around he says you even have clothes on you on the floor and we said clothes on the floor he said yeah he pointed to him and there was a carpet down there we said that's a carpet I mean, this brother didn't even know what a carpet was in a church. He'd never seen it. And so in America, y'all are so rich, and I'm here with you. You know, we live in America, a blessed country, and we have people that are knuckleheads that continue to say, well, God didn't bless this nation. Sure he did, you dipwit. Get your head out of the nether regions and look up, repent, wake up. Stop listening to the liberals, the socialists. The same thing that the socialists tell everybody when they want to take a country o- over. We know the modus operandi of the Marxist. We know it. I've known it for years and years and years. Almost anybody with any sense knows it. We see it going on all the time. And it's happening in America. And you think... The thing that you're going to do is just become woke or something. But my real message is to the church judgment must begin at the house of God. And you will tell me, well, I accepted the Lord and that's the judgment. No, that's not the judgment, that happens to be your redemption. Because if you would listen to my Isaiah series, you would have known that I gave the scripture that God gave to Isaiah, saying, Tell the righteous, it shall be well with him, for he shall eat the fruits of his doings. Tell the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for he shall eat the fruits of his doings. But know this. That you're in America or you're in Australia or you're in one of the westernized nations from Italy throughout Europe and even in Russia and China who have how, not house churches, which they do, but they're state CCP churches. We've always had beautiful edifices in the name of the Lord. But there's time coming, especially in America, that the judgment is coming into the church. It is going to occur. And it's been going on already. And see, the one thing that we need to understand, and this is what Paul said, verse 9 through 11 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. And he tells you why. For we all, we must all, including Paul and all those who work with him, appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done whether it be good or bad knowing therefore the terror of the lord we persuade men but we are made manifest unto god and i trust are also are made manifest in your consciences manifest made plain you know his fruits you know what he's doing you know what they're doing Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Now, in America, and for the Gentiles, we have had that faith in Christ, and we still do. But we have gotten sloppy. We depend on buildings to be the house of God we depend on preachers who are immoral to lead us we accept our we accept almost anything that people do on a regular basis to destroy your nation nobody stands up against it but paul says knowing the terror of the lord we persuade men knowing the terror of the lord we should be persuading America to repent. See, because there's no reason for them to die and go to hell. In Hebrews chapter 9, 26 through 28, it says this. In a discussion about the Lord's work. It continues and it says this, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. You see, in the Old Testament, all the time they had to offer up for the sins of man. Christ doesn't have to offer himself up every month and especially on the Day of Atonement. Christ fulfilled the Day of Atonement by his death, vicarious resurrection. But now once in the end of the world has he appeared to put away sin in the sacrifice of himself. Paul referred this to the end of the world in his time. How much more so are we in the end of the world today? He goes on to say, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation, and unto him, unto them that look for him shall he appear. The second time without sin unto salvation. He's coming. We need to look for him. But we need to understand, knowing the terror of the Lord, we need to be persuading men and women. And we need to stop these perverts from trying to corrupt our children. And they make it look like playtime. But there is an underlying issue. And that's the way the devil works. He goes up and tells you, see, sin isn't so bad. Sprinkles a little sugar on it, make it look fun. But death is walking in America today, everywhere. Perversion is beside him. And death and hell are nearby. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the soul that sinneth it shall die. But through Christ Jesus, who bore the sins of many, was dead and buried and resurrected from the dead, and today, as he says in Revelation chapter 1, he is the Almighty. There's no reason for you to die and go to hell. And if you're in bondage, he can deliver you. But you have to be prepared. A lot of people just don't believe he can do anything. But you see, there is a personal relationship. His spirit bears witness with our spirit. The temple of God is us. For we are the temple of God through his spirit in us being redeemed, born again, cleansed. The spirit of God is within us. And yes, we use churches to meet in and that's okay. But don't let the thing that we worship in and hold our meetings in be greater than the son of God who died for us. And gave his life for us. Don't let your buildings and houses and homes and lands and cars and trucks and vices. Be greater than the offer of mercy from our father who gave his only begotten son to die for your sins. And that's important. One portion that I really like, and I'm going to change a tune, change focus a little, is in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul goes through a little description of how it's going to be when we change from one portion to another portion in the purposes and the plans of God. It's really interesting. Verse 23 through 28. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, and after they that are Christ, that is coming. Now that is, you know, celebrating firstfruits. He is the Passover lamb. And he's coming again. And see, Christ was the first one, and then there was a second one. And it's a multitude of all those who are, as as John says in John 1, to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So in Christ, it says, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming. So this is his coming now. The first part, but every man is on our order, that is during, that is after Calvary, up to the point of his coming. That is where we're at now. Many call this the period of grace. Verse 24 is after his coming. And that is in the time... Now this is really at the time. This is not this is even after the millennial reign of Christ the the great white throne judgment everything. This is really at the end of everything. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God even the father when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. See that's his purpose. For he must reign till he put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy shall be destroyed, is death. So this is after the judgments. This is after everything. This is at the end. When he's defeated everything, everybody's redeemed. So the last enemy destroyed is death. There's no more death. For he has put all things under his feet. That is why he came. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. Now that's kind of a different phrase, and I'll explain it in a minute. And the final one is When all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him. You see, the Son of God did not come in to overthrow the CEO who is the Father. He puts all principalities and powers under his feet. And he says it is manifest or plain that he is accepted which did put all things under him. Well, under him refers to Yahshua, Jesus. And who did that? The father. So the father is accepted from this. The father isn't going to be put down. But instead, he says, and when all things shall be subdued unto him, meaning the son of God, Yahshua, then shall the son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him that God may be all in all. In other words, he will always give credence to the Father, obedience, and honor. Because the Father, and our great God, will have everything under him, including the Son of God. And that's a look at into... The very end we're going to be living with all of, with both of them and all the saints in heaven and all the angelic host that's where we will be, but you're not going to be sitting on a cloud, you know playing a harp he's he's going to remake um, this planet and the stars and the heavens everything will be remade you're going to be too busy worshiping the Lord you'll have all knowledge You will. it'll be revealed to you are you going to wander in endless pastures of beauty forever and ever well I believe you could But since he's going to remake America, I mean the whole planet, I mean, I'm planning on seeing the entire world to see what it looks like. Might even take a trip to Mars and Pluto in the new remade universe. Your knowledge will be expanded. You will be in a joy that you've never known. Now, a little hint of what a body is like that's going to be remade is interesting. Because when Yahshua was, Jesus, was uh, resurrected from the dead, of course, they saw him. He revealed himself to them, to even 500 at once. But there was one that really didn't see him, and that was doubting Thomas. So he told the other apostles. And he might have been a little mad about it. Because he didn't get to see him. He wanted to see him. And that's why he would have been a little, to me, perturbed. Because why did I miss him? And so the thing of it is, is that he, he misses it. And then finally one time, and it, scripture says specifically, it was a closed room. And in the closed room, Jesus appeared, Yahshua. Now think of this. This is a closed room. His body had to pass through the physical barriers of the doors, the windows, the walls, or whatever it is that's closed. Everything's closed. The apostles are all there. Doubting Thomas is there. The Lord appears in the midst of him. He says, touch my body. Feel my wounds, thrust it into the side, see that it's flesh and bone. It's not a spirit, that was the idea. So understand that your new body, you're not going to be drifting around somewhere as a spirit being blown hither and thither by the winds of heaven. You're going to have a body that'll be like Yahshua, and he can go anywhere he wants he doesn't need anybody to take him there. His body can pass through all of our walls and everything. Nothing can stop him. He already knows ahead of time what people are thinking. I mean, totally redeemed. It, it, it's a new, totally new to what you think, and you might have thought of these things. But it's interesting to think on, especially when we look out of ourselves. If I leave where I'm at now, I got to use a door or window. And believe me, the windows here don't work that I mean, they work, but you're not going to fit through Not like that. I have to use the door. He came in. It didn't say he walked in through the door. He says the apostles were all there, and Jesus appeared in the midst of them. And he did a long th- you know, a lot of things. He appeared to those on the road to Emmaus, and they didn't even recognize him until... He gave them scripture. Then they realized and he vanished. And when Peter and the fishermen were fishing after him, you know, he called to them and asked them, do you have any meat? They said, no. He said, throw off, I think, on the right side of the boat and you will catch. And at that time, as soon as they caught it, they realized it was the Lord and they said so and they came ashore. But they didn't recognize him. And not only that, he had a fire there with fish cooking. I mean, did he catch the fish? These are questions I ask, you see, because it'd be neat. I'm an ex-chef, food and beverage manager, and restaurant owner. It'd be neat if I could just say, okay, let it appear (laughs) instead of having to work. Man, it was just all lit and everything working. So these are some of the fun things to think about. May you be blessed today. Father, thank you for this word. Bless all those who hear this when they do. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness for the preaching, teaching, streaming of this word. Don't forget, I'm asking you to go by our websites, find the links to my book, The Rising, and get a copy. This will not only help support us, which we don't ask for money or anything, but it's the second in a series of The Rising. I mean the Steel series. But The Rising by Dana Glenn Smith is in a lot of places. But go by my website. You'll find the links and a lot of information there regarding it. Get the book. Read it. Come by our website's Get on our contact form. Tell me what you think, and let me know. Until next time, be safe, be blessed. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of
1: The Warn Radio.